0: Thanks Russ and we're in the second week of a series on Kingdom Finance and so this week we're looking at uh, the aspect that God is our source and this message follows on from last week's introduction uh, that uh, Russ brought to us and we're preparing for an opportunity to pray for anyone who considers the spirit of God has been speaking to them to be freed from the spirit of mammon and that's coming up in future weeks. But as I was reflecting on this, we can't really get free from mammon without a revelation from God by faith that God is our source. Mm-hmm. It says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, um, the confirmation of things hopeful, things divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. It is a conviction that they are real, Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And we're focusing today in this second message based on the Word of God and believing by faith that God is, in fact, it is the truth that He is our source. The source of our provision throughout our lives. Let's pray. Some of you missed just uh, some of the prayers that we had prior to the service today. I just want to pick up on some of those. Lord, I know that the systems of mammon, the systems of the kingdom of the world, have been meticulously promoted and sold to the priesthood of all believers for all of their lives even to me. And as we open your word today and consider what you have said about who we are to trust in for our sustenance, our provision, I pray that your spirit will bring revelation (laughs) that you truly are our source, that we can believe by faith. Amen. So we're seeking to realise that the kingdom of God is totally different than the kingdom of the world regarding finance. The kingdom of the world focuses on trusting in our own talents and abilities, um, that we can build our own wealth and prosperity. It's it's organised to drive consumption, particularly in the Western world, and now spreading through other peoples of the world, through social media and marketing. And that message is that whatever you have, you need more. And you need more so you can consume more and accumulate more and appear successful and happy. The kingdom of the world is a competitive kingdom uh, where it is thought that he who gets the most wins. And it's ultimately based on greed, selfishness and envy. The kingdom of God is totally different. There is nothing wrong with God's people being financially literate, clever, hardworking and prosperous. But we need to understand that the truth is, for those of his kingdom, that God is our source. God will provide what we need and he calls us to be generous, open-handed and use what he provides wisely as good stewards and store up for ourselves riches in heaven. And we're going to look at Matthew 16, 19 to 21. Lay up treasures in heaven. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A personal reflection to start. I'm now at the stage of life where, where we've buried my mum and dad and Barb's mum. Um, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of mum's life, we distributed her assets, special items and money. Home and contents largely went to the city mission. And choice, memory pieces to the family. Plus lots of items in a massive skip that went to the tip. Home values and the remainder of unspent superannuation was distributed to children. That that formed the earthly distribution of her treasures on earth. Okay, back in control. Kingdom assets at her passing, 40 years serving small children and their parents. I'm good. As a leader in the primary school, in the Sunday school. Twenty years visiting older Tasmanians uh, in aged care homes. Uh, I recall uh, one year, Mum personally uh, sewed and created over a thousand gifts that she distributed to these people, which was her practice over a number of years at Christmas. Um, she came. The point is, she came into the world with nothing. She left with no earthly assets travelling with her, but I believe she uh, left with many kingdom of God assets salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ but other assets as well. Barbara's mother, single mum from young age, uh, tithes to the local church all her life. I know that because I was her church treasurer for a number of years (laughs) and um, uh, for those of you who don't know I come from an accounting background, I'm a chartered accountant and um, I, I remember that uh, uh, her tithe went up by 25 cents that, with, that was in line with how the age pension had increased. Um, and so I was seeing all that. Monetary assets, um, she had an insurance policy uh, when she passed away to cover her funeral costs. <laughs> that was it. Well, she had a, a, some some furniture. That was good. Kingdom assets, considerable. Um, She was a former officer of the Salvation Army. uh, Many years of service to her church, bowls club and others. Other things. Right, I'm just going to try and get a bit less emotional now. We'll get through that. (laughs) So the first point, God is our source. And we are in covenant with him. It's a loving covenant. We therefore no, no, no longer live for ourselves, but for him. He provides for us because he loves us. Let's look at Matthew six twenty five twenty six. 26. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So, his provision is not something we earn. He uses the example of the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus was teaching that it's the same for us. Since he is our source, everything we receive is a gift from God. We are provided with resources to manage and use as good stewards for him and his kingdom. And we're going to focus on this more in later weeks. The channel he uses to provide for us, the means through which that provision comes, must not be confused with the source. The point here, the channel he uses to provide for us, or the means through which that provision comes, must not be confused with the source. The point here is that the kingdom of the world teaches motivates us to believe that the channels are the source of our provision our employer we see our job as being the source of our provision so we will hang on to that with tenacity even when we sense it's not where we should be it's a good thing to work but it also should be a place that aligns with your values your desire for positive relationships it should be safe if it isn't these things if it isn't these things you have at least a sense that You should have a sense that God has you there for a purpose, to serve him and bless others. Because God is our source and this is the job he has provided, but you have a sense you should be elsewhere, it's totally fine to pray for his help to find another opportunity. But you will need to exercise faith and patience and plan. I'm also not saying that you should turn up tomorrow and resign. (laughs) For all you employers in the room. Uh, Pray to the king about his provision, seek his help as your source, but be patient. I've at times spent months in an employment role that I believe God brought to me, but they were not what I considered ideal. Uh, one job in particular God provided was challenging. I had to recite Psalm 23 every day as I drove to work for three to four months. <laughs> the family of the shadow of death. I was obviously in a difficult time. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but then things improved and um, within six months I had my first role as a CEO. And that, that's a whole other story I won't go into but it was a provision by God. It was nothing to do with a plan I had at all. None of these jobs were the source of my provision. God was at work. Similarly, your business is not your so- source. God may have established established this business or guided you to acquire it. You may have skills and abilities, including the, the opportunity to work long hours, be creative, manage people, bless your customers. But the principle of the kingdom is that he is your source. He has a covenant of love with you and has provided the opportunity. Uh, and by faith, you're listening to what the Father wants you to do with what he provides for you through the business. What about gifts? They come to you from a source of love and provision. They are the means God chooses to use but not the source. We're going to look at some verses now from the Old Testament. 1 Kings 17 verses 2 and 8. This is Elijah. Elijah obeyed what God said. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. And the story goes on to show how God continually filled the widow's flour bin and jar of oil. So Elijah and her household ate for many days. Even though Elijah obeyed the brook dried up, the brook nor the ravens were the source. They were the channels. God was and is the source. And why did God send, um, send Elijah to a widow rather than a, person, uh, a rich person? with many resources because God is the source. He chooses who will be the person or the channel to be used in his provision for you. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, 11 to 18. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwelt in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness wilderness, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought the water for you out of a flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manner with which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. We are not the source and we should not forget that, whether we have little or much. We're not the source, even when it looks like our work skills or qualifications have provided for us. In my early years at the mission, I was inclined to rely, if I was totally honest, on my abilities. And I did have regard for what man's opinion of me was and the organisation. I inherited an organisation that did good work, but uh, the government funding requirements were changing. Well, at least I thought they were. I realised now it was a strategy of the ruler of the world to convince me that perhaps the tolerance of, of some mission drift, diminishing our overt Christian message, might bring favour with the government. The cross was not ne- negotiable. It's always been in our brand. But with taglines, I presented two options to the board. Transforming lives, communities and futures, or... Transforming lives, communities and futures in the name of Jesus. The board said, of course, to continue to include the name of Jesus. And at, at that moment, I was just uh, freed from a whole lot of fear right there and then. God started us, uh, God sustains us, and he... And whilst he's outsourced many channels for us, he is the one source. We conduct ourselves professionally and ethically, showing God's love and action, and time and time again, I've seen provision beyond what I could ever imagine in my own strength. You see the keys of these. What I can see is not my source. I can see myself But when we live by faith, trusting in a good Father who loves us, we can take our focus off ourselves, away from our inclination to be self-reliant, living in the revelation He is our source. We do not turn our eyes from ourselves to Him. We do turn our eyes from ourselves to Him. We turn our eyes to Jesus. I can see my employer. But when we consider our job as our source, we'll cling to it. Perhaps be fearful of losing it driving an anxiety and unhelpful behaviours, trusting our ability to drive our finance. However, recognise that God has provided employment, we can be faithful to our employer as a good servant, blessing others, fulfilling what God has given you to do, but freed from the fear of what happens if we should lose it. I can see the government, but likewise recognise that God is our source when we receive government pensions, assistance or support, I know it can be challenging on government support. I see that every day. But God is our source. We're more valuable than the birds, our Heavenly Father says. So do not worry or fear, but trust in Him. I can see my giving. Luke 6.38 says, Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. If, it's yours, if you're as old as me, uh, you'll recall the teaching or the interpretations of Scripture that our giving would determine a flow of abundant provision in this life. and uh, It really became a teaching that giving was a means to an end. But once you have a revelation of Jesus and his focus on teaching his disciples and the people following him about the kingdom of heaven... We understand that the universal principle of them, sowing and reaping was not to bring into our hands material benefits in this world, but in the context of the coming kingdom. We are urged to lay up for ourselves tre- uh, treasures in heaven, gold, silver and precious stones, as Paul declares it, where moth and rust does no damage and thieves do not break in and steal. Since God is my source, here's the second key. Money doesn't control our lives. There's no need, need for fear. God says to give. Again, from Luke 6.38 uh, 6, given it will be given to you. In verse 38, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Our obedience to give is not determined by fear. We will con- and you know, we will continue to look at God's baton for giving as we go through this course. Since God is my source, I no longer fear about not having enough. Fear of the future. The kingdom of the world has brought a perverse perception of reality developed through its values and practices. And I know that can be real for a number of people. I, 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 I had aspects of that in my life for a number of years. And sometimes it can even, um, it can even bring a shame to uh, just how we see ourselves managing our finances in the world there's no problem with taking more control with developing a plan to reduce that anxiety because I realise that that can be the, the situation so I'm going to talk and I'll talk briefly about that since God is my source I am a manager of what he has entrusted to me I just want to have a look at this interesting parable about the. the um... Oh, no, this this is the parable about the uh, servants and the rewards. Remember, it's about the servants who manage prudently the five double five, the two double two talents, but one was fearful and buried it in the ground. And then from. Uh, Matthew twenty five, verses twenty four to twenty nine it says, Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look what, look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at the coming I would have received back with my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have the abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are many ways to learn or improve your stewardship. But the first step is to acknowledge that God is your source and has entrusted you with talents, with money. Whether the channel is your employer, your business, your government, it likely keeps coming in. But we are called to manage it prudently. And this is the interesting parable I wanted to just dwell on. Luke 16, 1-13. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be stu- steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? If I, my master has taken this stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I've resolved what to do, that when I am put out of stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? So he said, 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill, write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what he least, uh, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your, to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's. Who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I found I needed time to study and under this uh, understand this uh, parable. I, and I'm personally glad that I did. I've often thought it might have been suggesting that we were meant to be a bit devious as the children of light and Try some of these things in case it works for us. Not, not at all. Um, yes, yeah, I can sense the relief. Using his position to lower debts owed to his master uh, to ensure that he has a place to land doesn't seem like ethical behaviour. Yet his former master commends him for the shrewdness and it appears that Jesus is holding him up as an example. So what's this all about? When we're interpreting Jesus' uh, parables, there's often a sense that uh, the master in the parable must be God. But that's a mistake here. None of the persons are intended to be our role models. The key to this parable is found in the line, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. Jesus is giving us an example of how people in the world look out for themselves in a way that God's people often neglect to. So what is Jesus telling us about ourselves? Like the people in his parable, Jesus encourages his followers to look out for themselves. But he's encouraging us to think long-term, to store up treasures in heaven. He's encouraging us to use our finances in a way so that God enthusiastically welcomes us as good and faithful servants. There was a line out of a song we sang this morning, I know. He elaborates on this idea in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. In that parable, a rich man passes a poor beggar named Lazarus every day but does nothing to meet his needs. When the rich man dies, he discovers that there's been a, rem- a massive reversal of fortune. The beggar has, has been welcomed into paradise while the rich man is the one in torment. Jesus makes it clear that the scriptures explicitly tell us to care for the less fortunate. By putting these two parables together, Luke encourages good stewardship from two different angles. In Lazarus and the rich man, we learn about our responsibility to steward God's resources and we discover that we don't have an excuse not to know what God expects. In the parable of the shrewd manager, Jesus encourages us, with a sense of a self-preservation instinct to give to others. We know that the end of our life is coming. Hence my mum's story. So if we're half as wise as the pagan manager in this story, we'll use our resources to help gain friends in heavenly places. If you have $20 in your pocket, you could use it to buy something that will make you happy for a moment or invest it in something that will please the Lord. I'm sure this parable was probably not my mum's motivation, but she had the same outcome, riches in heaven. The Lord often spoke about the kind of behaviour that God rewards. Matthew 6, 3-4 But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed, Charitable deed may be in secret, and your father, who sees him in secret, will resort, himself reward you openly. Luke six twenty two twenty three. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil. For the Son of Man's sake, rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in the for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Luke six thirty five. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Luke 12-14 Then he also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbours, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. We benefit from putting others first. Jesus wants to see the children of God make the same kinds of decisions as the shrewd manager. But in the context of his kingdom. In Matthew 25 Jesus identifies with the hurt, the lost, the broken, the poor and the marginalised. So much that he says, what you've done for the least of these, you've done unto me. If we were shrewd like the manager in this parable, we would go out of the way to do as much as we possibly could for these people. Because it pleases God. And he promises to reward behaviour like that. One of the last things Jesus says in the scripture is, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Why wouldn't we do everything to please him? Recognising that God is our source removes the fear of not having enough. It brings contentment. It removes the love and worship of money. And this results in a free and pure heart because where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Conversely, what are the indications that God is not your source? Fear, anxiety, worry about money. It says in Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified, which isn't on the overhead, Jesus states five times not to worry or have anxiety over the source of provisions. And states, but seek for... Aim and strive after. First of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his ways of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Another indication God is not your source. This is just us doing a personal stock take. Greed and covetousness. And that can be typified by money mismanagement, uh, you know, the sense I don't know where it went. Many Christians have no record of record-keeping for their personal finances. Removing financial accountability. That was my testimony for a number of years. You've heard about builders, that uh, their house is always not finished. Yeah, well, I was the accountant who just spent hours and hours working on my organisation's um, finances and not my own spreadsheets. Oh, I couldn't be bothered by the time I got there. So everything was pretty much not in control. Until in 2012, I discovered zero. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd like this bit, Christian. <laughs> so I could set up my, uh, my family as a business. And um, because I'm an accountant, everything could flow in. It was all automatic. And then I had a sense of control and knowing what was going on. And I created three giving lines in that, that family business, which was just income coming in from jobs and Barbara as well, of course. Three giving lines. Church, family, and others. Church, I have a budget for. Uh, Family and others, I don't, because I think it's of the spirit. And um, whatever he asks me to do, it will be there. I did mention that to my daughter, uh, Melinda. She said, it's a bit weird, Dad. (laughs) And by the way, how am I going against Declan? (coughs) question but consider this if you were a multi-million christian trust fund manager dispersing funds to christian people and one applicant has a history of previous spending and detailed purposes for the funds but the second has no history of spending vague about the use of funds and how much they'd need who would you be prepared to release the funds to who does God prefer to release the funds to? As we go through the series, we learn more about these things. What about us improving in this if we need to? What about us reading a book that is helpful? And you know, a lot of those books uh, I've read a number of them as I was going through my process. There's you know, basically four tenants: spend less than you earn. Um, The barefoot investor tells you to use bank accounts like jars. Have a budget where you just put it all in the jar every fortnight. Once it's gone, that's it. Stop spending. And uh, invest long term. Take an action to do that. And then you can give. You can give now, but it means you'll, you'll, you'll multiply what you can do for the kingdom, for all those people we were talking about previously. Another um, indication that God is not your source is consistent financial lack. Consistently spending more than what you earn. It's a lie if you believe earning more money or increasing profits is the way to overcome poor spending habits. I've done the finances for some very wealthy people who were all on the bare bones of their existence. Lots coming in. Even more going out. Another indication, the I can't afford it mentality. If money has become your source, it can become the focus rather than God being your source. People at any level of income or wealth can possess this mentality. Remember Matthew 6, 25, 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Your, Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Impulse buying... Stinginess, a fear of tithing or giving to the fellowship of all believers. Whether you have much or little, ignoring the word and the spirit's direction to give. Greed, an inordinate desire to acquire or possess, little or no giving to others. All these beliefs and behaviours of the source are the opposite of contentment and faith that God is our source. And I think now that I'm over 60, I'm more comfortable talking about them. I'm more comfortable talking about money and just noting how the kingdom of the world works, the games that are, are played in that kingdom versus how God's kingdom is meant to operate. It's been a struggle at times. As I, in my early years, was self-reliant, self-focused, experienced lack, I wouldn't even talk about money. I just didn't want people to know that perhaps I wasn't as good at managing it as I appeared. (laughs) I didn't want friends to know about this area of my life because I wasn't trusting him as the source. When that changed, it all came into alignment. That's my personal testimony. So what's the application for us as we finish? What should we do? We should change our thinking. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we need to repent if God is speaking to us about this era of our life. And two, we've got to recognise that God is trustworthy and faithful. And it's a covenant relationship. He will look after us. And we're coming to a revelation that we cannot serve both God and mammon. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of the world is not an each way bet. One day we'll, be, we'll give account to Jesus. And I'm sure that's why he taught so much about the kingdom when he was with us here on the earth. And I want to finish with a vision God impressed upon me as I was preparing for this message on kingdom finance and kingdom accounting. I spoke some time ago to a group um, of uh, Launceston um, business people, Christian business people, and a couple um, responded to that and donated a large sum to the city mission, specifically for those people struggling with rents and insecure housing. Because of the sum, we started a ledger listing every individual couple and family that will receive the benefit of those funds. I don't know why I've done that. I hadn't done that before. We have larger sort of flows, but I want to do this specifically. We have many names. We'll de-identify them and summarise the scenarios as an illustration of the power of giving, the good that it can do. But I just have this... I had this vision as I was preparing for this message that the same accounting was going on in heaven. It's the accounting of Matthew 25. And one day, that business couple stands before the Lord and the names will be read. And they won't know any of them. But the Lord will such as you have done to the least of these.
1: Wonderful. Probably the most important thing for us to get our head around is that God's our source. I love the way Steve said it. But look at it this way. If God's your source, and he uses different channels or means to provide for you. He's looking for you to be his channel to provide for others. And so why is he looking for good stewardship? Because the good steward is someone he can release more through. Those who hold on to it, say it's only for me, he's going to say Okay, I'll provide for you, but I'm going to have to find some other channel to release resources. I think God's heart is that if he really is the source, and we believe that, that he can release unheard of amounts through us when our thinking changes, that it's not just for me, it is for me. God doesn't want you to to struggle. He loves you. But it's not just for me, it's through me to something bigger. That's laying up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's allowing God to release through you. So I'm going to ask you if you'd just bow your head. It's hard for us to get our head around this. We think our job is our source, our business, our qualifications, our abilities, I provide for myself. And God wants us to change and get our eyes beyond that and recognize, no, he's the one. If you're struggling in a job, you don't have to be afraid. Because if you lose that job, he'll provide through another means. If the brook dries up, you're not going to die if he's your source. But man, if you're your source, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. You're going to be fearful. And there's something that God, I believe, wants to just release from people, just a spirit of fear that comes with not recognizing God's your source. So if that's you, would you just release that to him? Almost see it as if you're holding it in your hand and give it to him. God, I I give you my fear, and I receive that you're my source. And that you're faithful. For some of you, I believe God's given you a bigger perspective. You've been blessed. And you've been wondering, how come? Is it because I'm special? Is it because I'm more talented? And God's saying, nah. <laughs> but it is because you're faithful. And if you continue to be faithful, he'll release more. Lord, we just say, help us to change our thinking. Jesus, as you said, to repent. Your kingdom is different than the world. And so we want kingdom in our life. Lord, thank you that you're our source. Amen. Amen.